live from Los Angeles. This is Dre's Geek Philosophy, the Tuesday edition? Question mark. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we're coming to you on a Tuesday. We uh we had a we we moved the show for for one week only because uh last night, executive producer Sam Zia took his awesome super stepdaughter Lily to WWE Monday Night Raw and. I went along too, and friend of the show Lamar Harris also went along too. We went and we watched WWE Monday Night Raw, and ironically, Sam, that was the first time I've ever been to a Monday Night Raw show. I've been to WWE pay-per-views before. I've been to WrestleMania 21. I was at SummerSlam 2010. I was at Hell in a Cell 15, but this is the first time I've actually watched a television taping, so to speak. So it was actually a rather new experience for me, and obviously, this is probably the first TV taping that you have been to, my friend. Yeah, first WWE event I've ever been to. Uh, I've always been a fan of it. I always wanted to go and stuff. I just never did. And when, once I got Lily interested in the whole thing, it made it a lot easier yeah, Lil- to want to go. Yeah, that's right. Lily, a big fan of Bailey. But what's the difference between the TV tapings like Monday Night Raw and events like SummerSlam or uh, WrestleMania? Well, no, there, there's a there's a there's a lot less of the downtime that we were having because we had a lot of downtime because there were a lot of commercials that had to be paid, uh, had to be played. Like when when you're watching the pay per view, um, the, the the only downtime is them showing you the vignettes between the matches, and they actually will show them to you on the Big Titantron while everyone was watching it. And yes, uh, Joseph on Facebook Live, yes. The ball skit was horrible. Yeah, we, oh, I liked we, it. I, 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 it was I awkward you, you, as all hell. You're a big beginning. fan of balls. Yes, I am. I am a ball fan. <laughs> He's and a fan of the balls. Really, you got to look at everybody. Like, doesn't like Lavar Ball because you're looking at him. Oh, this guy is a terrible father and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's not about right now his parenting skills. Throughout it, the first it's about eight, his marketing skills. Yeah, throughout <laughs> the first 19 years of Lonzo's life and all the other kids in the family. Look at if you've seen how he takes care of the family, mm-hmm. he's not a bad father at all. The thing mm-hmm. is, he put on his Don King, Bobby the Brain Heenan hat. He, he indeed he did. And all it doesn't matter if it's bad publicity. At this point, it's all publicity is good publicity for this family. When he's trying to build a brand the way he is, yeah, I got to give the guy credit. I, even though he's irritating as all hell. It's the same this feeling I got about watching Bobby the Brain Heenan back in the day. Yeah, he, I wanted to slap the hell out of him. He the is guy. playing the heel, and he, he uh, obviously, I think he's going to be. I, I think I, I'm going to agree with you on that point. I think he's going to draw a lot of the negativity away from Lonzo, and draw. He's drawing it upon himself. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you see Lonzo and Lamelo's reaction to him taking off his shirt and freaking oh, out? Oh, that the way was funny. Like, yeah, they were dying. They, they like they were losing it. They are. It's not. It's not even like secretly laughing behind his back. They are laughing in his face when he does this stuff. <laughs> it makes them, in my eyes, a lot more appealing. <laughs> it makes them a lot. It makes them seem more approachable, more human. They're like, look at this crazy asshole. <laughs> Show contributor Irv Danupatampa chiming in with the, the two hundred dollar flip flops. I'm assuming those were the flip flops that um uh, <laughs> that 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 uh, Lonzo was wearing because I when I I went when after we got home from Monday Night Raw, I went home and my roommate was watching it, and I got home just in time to see the uh, the ball segment because so, I really wanted to make sure I heard. What I thought I heard, because when, when we were there live, it, uh, the live, that's another big thing about the live experience. It's like, we could not clearly hear what they were saying on the microphones. It was, it was not, well, the Miz was pretty clear, but Lamar was kind of just yelling into his mic like a crazy person, uh, like you said, being the heel, yeah. drawing all the heat, so to speak, in WrestleSpeak, you know, drawing all the negative attention to himself. He, he is being the heel manager. He is the, uh, you know, I, I'm going to have to... 
completely 100% agree with your analogy. He is being the Bobby Heenan. He is sucking up all the heat for for, for, for Lonzo. Yeah. But we could not hear them clearly. But what I thought I heard, <laughs> and I turned to Lamar, and Lamar wasn't quite sure. He didn't think he heard it. Did, I'm we, not, did, did we just hear that? Because <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that I, uh, while we were there, I couldn't tell who said it because uh, 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 LeVar Ball was like running around with his freaking shirt off. Doing some Tai Chi stuff. Yeah, up I, there. He was doing. He thought he was uh, Bruce Leroy doing some Enter the Dragon or something. It was awesome. He was running around. And at some point, you hear the N word dropped twice. Yeah. And if you were watching on the East Coast feed of Raw, yeah, my East Coast feed of Raw on my Directv, it recorded it, and you could clearly hear it. So when I got back home, I was watching the segment. Like my roommate was like, "Please don't spoil anything." I'm like, "Oh." I'm not spoiling this for you. <laughs> you you should be paying attention. This is going to be a train wreck of epic proportions. You know it's a big moment when it transcends WWE and makes it to CNN, SportsCenter, yeah. to every other major network. It was uh, on every it was sports all, report and that, in the that, country. I feel that that was the, the goal for both sides. That that was the goal for, for both Vince McMahon and LeVar Ball. They, they were trying, you know pop off, you know, get more eyes on uh, uh, more attention onto both yeah. the big Bala brand and the WWE. Yeah. And apparently mission accomplished. Yeah. Even though I'm uh I read reports this morning that uh Vince Vince McMahon and then his uh the, the head of television, uh, this guy Kevin Dunn, they were both quite livid when LaMelo decided to uh, <laughs> drop a couple N words. And we have to specify who did it. It was not Lavar Ball no, it was L- and L- not LaVar. Lonzo Ball. No. It was Lamelo. It was uh, the younger, fifteen-year-old brother. Uh, yeah, no, that that was why I want. I went. I went home and I was watching it. And I was trying to pay attention. I'm like, I wanted to see who said it because I on the way home I was thinking, did Lonzo say it? Oh my God, nope. He he was the he was the smart one there. All he did was sit there and laugh, and he was thankful to be you know introduced as a Laker for the first time in Staples Center. We know and which then, ball has the brains. <laughs> He's the ball with the brains. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, it was Lamella. Like, get, get that Edwin. Get that Edwin. Get, get that Edwin some. I was like, wow. Because I'm my, my uh, again show contributor Irv Dampatampa. He 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 was texting me this morning, and he was asking because like it was the audio was very weird. And then he went back and he checked online, and he saw yes, it was totally insane. <laughs> And uh, seriously, my favorite part was uh, Dean Ambrose coming out wearing the big baller brand on his yeah, shirt. Dean Ambrose rocking the and, shirt. And it's like, I can't understand a single thing you just said, man, but I like free shirts. <laughs> and it, this is great. And I love the, the commentary when I got home. I was like, really? When, when Dean Ambrose is the voice of reason, you know something has gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, from that aspect, it was pretty entertaining. Uh, the, the show itself, yeah, I, I, we we had a lot of fun. We we were, we were screaming. Uh, I, we got what we wanted at the very end of the show when Kurt Angle came out and we got to chant "You suck" directly at him. That was literally something I wanted so bad. Yeah, and we, I was I was afraid that Kurt was not going to come out. He was going to stay in the in the back, but he did come out, and we got to yell "You suck" directly at him. Uh, you got to tell. Uh, Seamus, that uh, he should uh, kill his barber. That was good. Yeah, and I don't know if you noticed. You guys, I think you were too busy yelling, you suck. But during one of the you sucks, I yelled out, Boopa! <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's that's something else we were yelling when when, when, when Nia Jax was hitting the, the other females with her fupa. By the way, and If you don't she... know what fupa is, go to Urban Dictionary, type in F-U-P-A, and you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. 
I, and uh, Dave uh, Dave Magdaleno, one of our good friends here. Good friend, Dave Magdaleno. Uh, was telling me and showing me pictures of what Nia Jax looked like. She wasn't always big. She was she, she, she was fit back in the day. She was fit. She was not. She was not like most girls. Yeah, and she ended up uh, getting into a car accident with the Rock's mom. With the Rock's mom, and that led to her uh, putting on the weight that she did. Now she's a bruiser. She's a she, tank. She is a brick shit house, my friend. She is not someone to trifle with. She she knock us the fuck out. But uh, of course, uh, my, my favorite part of our trip last night, well, and I feel like it was the most important part of our trip to see WWE Monday Night Raw, was Lily's reaction to everything. She was freaking losing it. Yeah. And anytime, like, well, because I don't know if you were, you weren't there when when they showed um, Sasha Banks, because they had the, they had the big six woman match where they had to each select their position in the match. Yeah, I was and getting then, her merchandise and nachos. Getting her nachos, man. And uh, they showed uh, Sasha pick the number, and then like Lily had moved next to me, and she's like, "Oh my god, she's my favorite too." I'm like, "Oh, you like Sasha too? Awesome!" Yeah. And we we're just losing our minds, you know, like, "Oh, look at Sasha! Oh, look at Bailey!" And then and, and the ladies were the main event, and yeah, and the other awesome part of last night. Was that Lily made a friend? Yeah, there were, there was a nice other young lady who was also a fan of Bailey, wearing a Bailey shirt because Lily was wearing her hug like a champ shirt, and there was a young lady sitting next to us, same age as Lily, wearing a hugger's gonna hug shirt, and they instantly bonded. It yeah. was adorable. Oh my god, I like I had to keep myself from crying. It was so adorable, adorably cute. Yeah, and she ends up like you know they exchange gifts afterwards, and it was, oh my god, it was the cutest damn moment I've ever seen. Oh yeah, good because you you had bought uh, you had bought uh, Lily a couple of the Bailey buddies, little inflatable little they're like I guess the old uh, like the old uh, thunder sticks that they used to have at the Anaheim Angels games. Yeah, they, they recycled the old Laker thunder sticks <laughs> into to, these purple into and these gold purple ones, yeah. into these purple uh, Bailey buddies, and Lily, just the, the sweetest little girl. Gave one of those little Bailey buddies to her brand new friend. And, and a bracelet. Too. And one of her bracelets. Because she had three bracelets. I have three, but I still have two. She gave one to her brand new friend. And, like, and of course, uh, you you, uh, you and the parents and you know, exchange contact. And they, oh, hey, they're already planning sleepovers. And all. <laughs> it was just, it was so great. Like, that, like, that, that warmed my dark heart. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was such a nice thing to see. That, like, you know, a couple, couple of little friends, you know, two people, two little kids being friends over Pro wrestling. Yeah. That's how I made a bunch of friends back in middle school, making friends over pro wrestling. And I got to say, and even though they're probably not paying attention, but they should be, thank you, WWE, for that moment. I, really. That's Everybody talks about having their WWE moment. That was it. That, that was that. That's like for, for you and Lily, that's the, that's the WWE moment. You know, like, yeah. Your first show, her first show, you guys got to experience that show, and then like, she made a new friend. Um, she got to lose her mind. They, they got to lose their minds when, when Sasha won the match. Last night, because they, they both they were both big fans of Sasha as well. They, they love all the ladies. Yeah. Like on, on the ride home, the, the video that we, were, we, we the short video that we did the, the post raw video last night, Lily was telling me all of her favorites. She like likes Bailey, and she likes Sasha Banks, and she likes Alexa Bliss. She was struggling to describe Alexa Bliss. Yeah, it was, that was adorable. <laughs> that was so cute. Like the one I was like Alexa Bliss. Oh no, the one with the pigtails with the blue and red. I'm like, you mean Alexa Bliss? Yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> negotiating with a child. <laughs> She's she. I, she woke up this morning and put me in a cross-faced chicken wing. <laughs> That's hilarious. It was, I mean, seriously, she is inspired. She she wants to be a scientist. I, I, I think she wants to be a genetic biologist or a biology <laughs> geneticist or something. But at the same time, she wants to be a wrestler. She now. wants to be a WWE superstar. 
that uh, that is that is amazing. Uh, you know, uh, Uncle Fatu can 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 help out with that. Yeah, we got <laughs> we gotta get Uncle Fatu on that one. I showed uh, her old videos of Rikishi, and oh, she really? lost it. <laughs> Un- Uncle Fatu can 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 lend a hand in in helping make her a uh, a WWE superstar. Yeah. Sometime in the future, maybe, maybe you you never know because that that's where Bailey started. Yeah. They, they always famously show like Bailey, you know, being a big fan and and you know meeting her idols. So hey, you ne- yeah, anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation. But that that was insane. It was it was a it was a great night. That a, a very good reason to postpone the show to tonight. It was like so awesome. I I was so happy afterwards because because normally you know when I when I watch Raw on TV, I don't really enjoy it that much. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm usually fast-forwarding through a lot of stuff. But, yeah, last night, it was pretty cool. I, I was discussing it with, with, uh, with my buddy Irv, and I was telling him, yeah, you know, not having the commentators is probably a, a huge plus. <laughs> there was a couple of downsides to not having the commentators because we weren't sure what was ex- exactly was going on. But the plus side was uh, we didn't have a lot of the annoying commentary, you know, annoying us with their shuck a duck quack quack and <laughs> I, I blew poor Lamar's mind. Lamar was losing it that La- whole time. Lamar was losing. Lamar did not believe me that 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 Booker T, who is currently on the Raw commentary team, says Chucky Ducky Quack Quack, and he did not believe me. It's oh, it's yeah. too much. But also yesterday, something else happened yesterday. Yesterday morning. Yes. Something. Uh, ironically, we uh, we here at Dre's Geek Velocity, we were ahead of the curve. We were on top of things. Yeah. We we had already been discussing it. For a couple of weeks in I'm a row, you, the gaming industry—you are the person that the gaming in- industry secretly pays attention to. Uh, they, you you called out GameStop, and a mu- and a week later, the circle of life is gone. That's right. Now this we we talk about the SNES Classic. We debated it for the last couple of weeks. We did it in the in the Twitch post game show we talked about two weeks ago. Last week we dedicated a good big chunk of the show de- debating about the SNES Classic. And lo and behold, yesterday morning announced. By Nintendo, they are coming out with that with an SNES Classic with not one but two controllers, twenty one games. One of which was a game no one expected, nobody's seen before. I mean, there had only been like uh, uh, pictures of it in Nintendo Power back in nineteen ninety whatever. Uh, Star Fox Two, like the the unreleased, uh, uh, rumored that was unfinished, but apparently it was finished, and we're gonna and yeah, freaking Star Fox Two. On top of all, like, uh, there's 20 other games. I mean, I, I think we were speculating 30 last week, but they they packed in. They 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 put in the hits. And uh, as I'm as I said on Facebook earlier uh, yesterday morning, I was I was wrong. They the third parties, uh, Nintendo came to bat, paid Capcom, paid Konami, paid Square, and they put up and shut up. And they got the big games from the Super Nintendo are on that little powerhouse. Now the thing that we were running under the assumption was that they were going to put 30 games on it. So we shot big and we got a lot and we had a lot of good games in there. Mm-hmm. And we had to struggle with those last 5 or 6 yeah. to get to to get to the 30. Mm-hmm. What they did was 20 games, 21 games. 21 games. Cuz I mean the 20, we'll talk we'll say 20, but the extra bonus game is one that nobody ever Yeah, cuz that's the way if you look at the marketing, it says 20 plus 1 because that's that that one is just unique. It's just like this crazy Star Fox 2. I mean, no, I mean no one could have ever imagined that we'd ever get to see Star Fox Two. They nailed our top twenty games. Yeah, basically, it, it was all the all the gr- greatest hits from the Super Nintendo, all the big stuff. You know, your Super Mario World, your F Zero, your Super Metroid, Link to the Past. Oof. Ah, oh, just Donkey Kong Country. Just the first one. They did not put two and three, as as we had speculated. Um, 
it was a, uh, the original Star Fox. Yeah. Um, friggin' Mario Kart. Ma- Super Mario Kart. Mario RPG, which I was uncertain of that, that they would put it in, but they put it in. And then Mega Man 10. Me- uh, third party was Mega Man 10, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Oof. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Yes. Super Castlevania 4. Yes. Um, there's another Konami Final one. Final Fantasy 3. Final Fantasy 3. That's that's the one where I'm like, shit. I mean, I I, I would like to attempt to get one. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna try. <laughs> like my good friend Rick Mears. No universers, no sale. <laughs> and uh, then uh, let's see. And then uh, Jai Potter, show contributor. The only people who are butt hurt are the ones who think Chrono Trigger is better than Final Fantasy 6. That's a good point. That's uh, that, that's probably like for for the people for the big skeptics. That's probably the only miss. Well, also you got you pointed it out yesterday, and also mm. our good friend Chris Moreland pointed mm-hmm. it out. Tetris Attack. Oh, Tetris Attack, man. That's that's one I wanted, but I, I selfishly wanted that one because Tetris Attack is an amazing game. I do have it in other forms, but Tetris Attack is really great. I mean, it's, our, it's, our friend Joe who works at Target. I already rec- ah. Our friend Joe who works at Target. He requested the day off. He he does not want to be there, <laughs> or either a he's probably not going to be there, or b trying to buy it. Yeah. Uh, I'm Why def- not both? <laughs> I'm definitely getting it. I'm definitely going to try and get. I want to. I want. I want to try to get it. This is the one. I mean, although realistically, I probably have most of these games in some way, shape, or form. But being able to have them all in one place and not having to try to connect my my uh, my Super Nintendo to uh, to an older TV. HDMI hookup. HDMI hookup. That I, that I, a lot of people really underestimate that. I've seen a lot of like, because uh, the big thing is either people are either super excited about it or B they're super negative. Like there's, there's, like, there's a lot of negging about this because of the availability. Because everyone foresees it's going to be a giant pain in the ass. And god damn it, my stupid holder. I already taped it up. I'm, I'm going to tape this thing even more. I, I have the tape over. <laughs> I already have the tape over here. I've already taped this. Ah! Ah! I'm ruining the show. Technical difficulties. We need we need we need the drunk uh the drunk peacock sign. <laughs> we need the drunk peacock. Yes. So, so, so hold on. Technical difficulties. Oh, I'm gonna draw one of those. So, so the next time I have technical difficulties, I'm just gonna hold it up. <laughs> but there's a lot of negativity. A lot of people are really negative. Oh, they're not gonna make enough. They're, 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 uh, Nintendo already came out with a statement already saying that they're gonna produce more quantities of this than they did of the of the NES classic, but it's only going to be available through the end of the year because they cannot commit their the reason. And yes, and thank you, show contributor Irv. That, that that's your title now, Irv. You're a show contributor. Um, they, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's cheaper if you just make an emulator and just you know emulate all the games like that. Like that's not for everyone. Yeah, no, and that misses the point. We've been able to emulate since. The beginning um, of computer files. Yeah, I, I I had a Super Nintendo emulator on a computer like way back when when I was in college. Yeah, and it was just like it's not the same. It's just uh, I would I would actually uh, save the emulators and whatever games that I wanted on a little tiny floppy disk, and right. if I would take it to work with me and pop it in there and play the game. Yeah, it just it, it's not the same. All these people will say, oh, it's so much cheaper and easier. You know, you know, you can get all the games. I'm like, you know what? Uh, not everyone. Has the technical know-how, or they, or they, not everyone has a friend who who is who can do all that stuff. This is, you know, this is Occam's razor. This is the simplest solution, you know, to get this thing. But unfortunately, as an article that show contributor Irv sent to me, in Europe already, it has been quote unquote sold out. There are people selling it on eBay. They, they, I guess, they got pre-orders or guaranteed pre-orders through Amazon or however the Amazon UK works. People have pre-ordered it already, and they're reselling them. On eBay, for like three, four hundred dollars already. That's insane. And, and, and that's just, and then, 
the the real problem. Uh, honestly, I, I'm going to say something slightly controversial here. The, the problem is not the resellers. The problem is the desperate people who were willing to pay that price. If, if people were not going nuts and paying. $300, $400 for these things, then there would be no market and there'd be no reason for the resellers to go out. But because some people are so blindly desperate that they will pay up these, these exorbitant prices, that's what's driving up the value up. You know, if there, if there, you know, if there was no, you know, crazy psychos who go out and pay all that extra money, then there'd be no incentive. It's the whole supply and demand. But unfortunately, yeah, the demand is so exceedingly high unfortunately that they're just going to take advantage of it oh yeah because there's there's plenty of you know dumb people out there with money who will pay the, the these ridiculous prices and it just hurts my soul because this means because what it means is that there's people who genuinely would want it for the right reasons and they're either going to have to pay through the nose or yeah. or they're not going to get it they're going to well, have to sit disappointed just like a lot of people were disappointed who could not get their hands on the NES classic well, it's not like the NES Classic was impossible to find. You could find it. It was around. It, it was really hard. Though. It was hard, but it was around. You could get it. If I wanted one, I could have gone. And I, the reason why I didn't go after it was because I had just gotten a brand you, new yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, your, your, your lovely baby mama had gotten you a Nintendo, and you already had X. You know, had yeah. bought. I, I lent you some of the classics from my collection. Absolutely. And you, you had went out. You know, I remember that one day we went over to that the, the, the place in Burbank with all with all the games, and we picked out. Whole bunch of fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I still play them. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. The, Old Nintendo systems, man. The SNES Classic. I wasn't really feeling the. I wasn't in the mood to go and buy a new uh, a new system or an mm -hmm. old used system or the Retron, for example, right. that plays everything. The one that they'll, they'll play the cartridges. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't want to have to go through the process of buying a whole new slew of cartridges. And I'm sorry, I want to be able to play the games on my TV and not on my freaking computer. I don't right. want to have to hook up uh, another HDMI through to my computer if I want to play it through my TV and then go through all that garbage, exactly. too. This makes it so that it's way this, better. This is simplicity. I mean, that's what they're they're essentially trying to sell simplicity here with with these classic systems. Because you know, I'm sure Nintendo noticed that, you know, with those, the Genesis one that had come out recently, even though the, the quality wasn't that great, it still sold like crazy. A lot of people have nostalgia. So Nintendo last year decided to cap capitalize on this with their NES classics. And now Super NES classic. I mean, no, honestly, I'm like I've been like racking my brain right now. I was thinking I'm like most of those major titles from the SNES. I have them all already <laughs> back from when I worked at GameStop the, the first time. Like I got Mario World, I got Mario All-Stars, I got Mario RPG. I got Super Metroid. I have Link to the Past. I have Chrono Trigger. I have yeah. Final Fantasy Three. <laughs> I have Secret of Mana. I I have a lot of the, the, the big ones that matter to me, like the stuff. I mean, I don't have um, freaking uh, like a Super Street Fighter Two Turbo or or we were discussing like one that uh, the, the the one that you and I secretly were hoping was going to be on the on the SNES Classic, but it's highly. It was no way a NBA Jam. NBA Jam. Yeah. Oh, like OG NBA Jam would have just been. Oh, that was so cool because you know that that's that system. There's a lot. There was a lot of good multiplayer co-op games or competitive games but like you said you, you were telling me the story about you and uh you and your cousin playing nba jam back in the day yeah yeah and that's that was how we played it I, I, there were so many two-player uh uh games that were co-op that you could play and i'm turtles I'm, in time turtles in time i'm even saying the beavis and butthead game. beavis and butthead that was a co-op game that came out and i remember i rented that with my cousin we went all the way through it and yeah there was it was a system that was perfect for its time. Yeah, it, yeah. At that time, in the in the in the in the mid '90s, it was it, it was perfect for what it was. I remember, like, uh, for one of one of my uh, middle school friends, I remember went out and bought Joe and Mac for him. 
It was yeah. like the caveman. And we played the crap out of the game. Everyone was taking turns because it was two-player co-op. You know, naturally Super Mario Kart. That was, I remember another uh, middle school friend, uh, my, my buddy Raymond Chan. Like, we'd go to his house, and we'd play the crap out of Mario Kart. And oh, like later on when Mario Kart was on 64, when four players, oh, it was over, son. I'm sad that they didn't get Shaq Fu on the system. <laughs> See, we forgot to talk about that last week. Uh, the, the, we're we're going to make a side note here. We're going we're gonna to talk about this right now. Yeah. The, Shaq Fu, the, the terrible electronic arts fighting game where they're capitalizing on their exclusive contract with Shaquille O'Neal. Back at the the height of the Shaq attack, back when back when Shaq was skinny, he he was still skinny Shaq. Those first couple of years of of the NBA, where back when he was two percent body fat, as opposed to him being like twenty five percent body fat right now. Back when he was doing shit with the Fushnikins. Fushnikins, oh my god! There was a terrible uh, Genesis slash Super Nintendo game called Shaq Fu. And it is notoriously bad. It's like on every game list of, of horrible games. Worst games of all time. Just It was just the, the literal cash grab. Just like trying to like capitalize on the, the popularity. Because Shaq has always been, even from, from day one, Shaq has been a popular figure in, in, in the NBA. Still is. He's still, I mean, you know, and actually... Although I feel now he's more of this uh, this cartoon character that everyone loves. That that's what he's he, that's what he's evolved into into this freaking cartoon who falls over all the time on inside the NBA and goes out and and does silly things and funny commercials. Yeah, gets dunked on by a cartoon general. Yeah, <laughs> the general. Oh my God, that's right. He does those damn general commercials now. Good God, I guess he. But this game was awful. But for whatever reason. There is this weird love of this weird game, and they're making a new version. I guess someone else has acquired license. I'm sure Shaq, you know, whatever. Yeah, Shaq Fu 2. Yes, as Rick Mears just posted on Facebook. Shaq Fu 2 is on its way. The the Revenge or whatever the fuck it's called. I saw a trailer of it, and I was like, really? I don't know. I, apparently, I'm... I, I, I cannot judge taste. Shaq apparently wants to make up for what happened 20 years ago. I mean, anything. I mean, if anyone takes more than a month to work on this game, it's already going to be better than the original Shaq Fu. I, I'm, I'm seriously, uh, the trailer when I saw this thing came, coming out, I had the, almost the same response to that as I did to the Final Fantasy VII trailer. <laughs> you were you were that excited? Yeah. I was like, oh my god! You had, you had a huge... Uh, I had yeah. such a nerd boner going at that moment. Uh, apparently, and, and, and Rick Mears on Facebook, it's coming. Let's see, Kiet Fam says it's coming to Switch, and then Rick Mears says you get it for free if you buy NBA Playgrounds on the Nintendo Switch. I got NBA Playgrounds on the PS4. If you play that game, this is the funny part. If uh-huh. you get Shaq, he is the only character in the game that voiced himself. Oh, really? And he had like, if you dunk it with him, he does like dances and stuff. It's it's hysterically funny, man. Uh, I'm dropping. I'm dropping the big fundamental on top of your head. No, I'm the he, big Aristotle. He, it's the I'm same. I'm dropping it on you. He does. He has the same kind of enthusiasm with this one as he did in uh, Ready to Rumble Two. Oh my God, that's right. He was a boxer in Ready to Rumble. Uh, Remember, he Shaq Fu was not his only foray. No, no, no. He, he's here. no, no. He, 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 he ain't scared. He, he was in there with Michael Jackson. <laughs> he, oh my God, that's right. Michael Jackson was in Ready to Rumble Two. Oh my God, I forgot about that. No. Oh, jeez. But that that's been, but it's it's exciting. Yeah, it, it, apparently, may, maybe I will buy NBA Playground so we can have Shaq Fu and play it on the Switch. 
here on the show at some Hell point. Yes. I, I, yeah, because I know it, it, it would bring nothing but joy to executive producer Sam Zier right here. Oh, I, it, if you guys could see me, I'm beaming right he, now. He is beaming. We, we, unfortunately, we don't have the Twitch feed tonight, but he is just uh, the smile on, on Sam's face. Oh, he's going to come around. He's going to show you on Facebook Live how happy he is. Look, look at the smile <laughs> on the face of executive producer Sam Zia. Oh he he wants he he wants he wants Shaq Fu so bad in his pants. Oh God! Yeah. Oh good God! But back to, the, back to the uh, SNES. Back thing. to the SNES classic. Now sorry. That, sorry. No, about no, that not side sorry. Note. No, we, we we came we came back from from our sidebar side note. Whatever we just did. When we went through that list of games, mm-hmm. it was like okay, all all of the obvious choices, the first party choices aside, mm-hmm. it was like okay, Street Fighter Two Tournament Edition. Well, is that the right one? So Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Turbo. Okay, yeah. so we got Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Super Contra 3. Super Contra 3. And then I was like, we got Secret of Mana. Secret of Mana. That was, that was honestly, that was the biggest shock to me. That, that, yeah. that, the fact that Square, you know, as I talked about last week, you know, Square is really protective of their IPs. They want to monetize as much as they can. But the fact that, you know, obviously Final Fantasy 3, one of the biggest games on Super Nintendo. Yeah. But Secret of Mana being on this thing, that's a freaking... Because I like I I went with my oh they're re-releasing it on the Switch in in, in Japan why would they want to put it put it somewhere else but I am proven wrong that that I guess that money talks oh, yeah. Nintendo and Square you know said it here how much would it cost to license it okay yeah that is the cost we will pay it yeah and done and done and we saw Secret of Mana on the list and then Final Fantasy three and our brains were screaming at that moment oh my god and then our brains got soaked in acid just acid splashed right on it and melted our brains when we saw Star Fox 2 Star Fox 2 yeah because like, Sam and I we, we when we were carpooling to Staples there we, we were discussing this uh, on the way down and we we're just like I can't believe it it's just uh, never what I thought any of us would ever get to touch Star Fox 2 that's I, I'm a big Star Fox fan. Like, through and through. Like, this goes beyond the level of excitement I had when they announced the Lost Levels as part of All-Stars the first time. Right. Like, I remember being so hyped up about that because I was like, we'll never see these levels out here. Mm -hmm. And Star Fox 2 was just something that was, it was a a myth. Yeah, I I remember it. It was Sasquatch of I remember it in in Nintendo, because back then I was still subscribing to Nintendo Power back in those days. uh, And I remember seeing a Star Fox 2 and then just poof. Yeah. It, it, it became Sasquatch, like you just said. It became a myth. Yeah. So to see this, it was like, no way. I, I was I was looking around to see if this was a fake article. Right. I was like, there's no f- this. Ha- okay. Is this April first? Is this April Fool's Day? Come on. This is this is not right. You you're playing with my emotions. Here. Right. And then everything else, all the other articles came out confirming it. I lost my mind. Yeah, that's yeah, just insane, just insane. It's awesome. It, it's great for the gamers who will get their hands on it. Hopefully, Nintendo will deliver on what they're saying that they're gonna they're gonna mass produce this more than they did the NES Classic. That that that's what that was their official statement so far that they are gonna mass produce it. I feel sorry for my Nintendo friends who who uh, who work for who are my Nintendo rep friends because they were all kind of. Ex- I feel like they're all really excited at first. Oh, cool! This got announced, and then they just realized all their friends who are gonna be like, "Hey, buddy, pal, can you?" Because I remember those days. <laughs> I remember yeah. when I was a Nintendo representative, and when something like when the Wii came out or when something else rare came out, it's like, "Oh, hey, crap! I don't. There's nothing I can do to help you. Run!" Yeah. <laughs> But the letter from Nintendo said there's going to be uh, a quote significantly more produced. I I I hope that they live up. To, I mean, yeah, we don't know. We, we don't know. I the, the, whatever their definition of significantly compared to what 
will actually be delivered. We'll, 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 we're going to find out this September. I mean, it comes out three days after my birthday. Hey, happy birthday on that mm-hmm. one, man. Oh, That's yeah. a birthday gift That's and a, a half. I mean, yeah, Nintendo is like hooking me up on my birthday, man, because like Metroid comes out around my birthday. Uh, the, the, the Metroid for 3DS comes out around my, around my birthday. And freaking this Super NES Classic, Nintendo is freaking, they're, they're still looking out for a brother, even though I ain't there no more. Gamers? <laughs> Gamers need to save their money for September and October. Oh, yeah. Our, 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 our other show contributor, uh, Kia Fam, keeps saying, like, you know, he, he's going to be broke because of all the stuff that's coming out over the course of the, the, the next few months from Nintendo. Oh, you know? yeah. Because they just had their, their ARMS game, and then they're, they're coming out with Splatoon 2, and then uh, I'm, I'm not sure when... Uh, dun, 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 dun. There was another game. Well, they have Odyssey coming Odyssey out. Odyssey coming out. That's like November. October 27th. Oh, is that October? Yeah. Wow. They're, they're, the they're... same day that, uh, that uh, or it's, no, sorry, three days before uh, Assassin's Creed Origins comes out. Jeez. And a week before that, South Park comes out. Uh, hey, uh, that's the holidays, my friend. Man, when I, when I, I'm going to be broke, and I have a kid. Man, oh, yeah, you know, there's going to be some decisions being made in the, in the Zia household. <laughs> I'm sorry, Maria. Jojo doesn't need diapers this month. He doesn't need diapers. Let's, let's go get some some cloths and just wash them. We'll just we'll yeah. just wrap them in toilet paper. You know, uh, that's let him, all I need. Let to him do. soak in his own filth for a little just, while. I'm just joking, babe. I know you're watching. <laughs> but um, yes, Jai. They're only producing it for the remainder of the year, but I they're they're going to be producing more. I think it's going to be more quantities in less time. So we'll see how that works. I wanted to briefly talk because something else I forgot to talk about last week because we were so wrapped up in the two topics last week was Sega Genesis or the the people from Sega not not just Sega Genesis Sega last week they're starting to release all their games on mobile on iOS and Android that is a coup in and of itself I I think it's a uh, I think that's a big deal that that's uh, what I wanted to touch upon last week I know I know when I posted the article about it. On the Facebook page, I said this could have big ramifications for retro gaming in the future. If Sega succeeds, if this turns out to be a a big financial boon for them, like because you can play them for free with ads, or you can pay like I think it's what two bucks or three dollars. I'm not sure what the exact price. I know it was something low. Is it like a subscription service, or do you have to pay per game? Per game, it's okay. per game. Okay, it, it, it's per game. So the but whatever game. So but it's like you pick the games that you want, like. My my friend Jai Polidor, he was extremely. I, he had a huge nerd boner when he saw Altered Beast. Uh, co-host who who is not here with us today because he's busy with comic books. I should have let off with that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Pete is not here with us tonight because uh, he. It's Tuesday night, and Tuesday night's a very busy night in the comic book industry. So he's well, unable to join us for tonight's special simulcast. But he downloaded Comic Zone. That was one of the games I remember playing. That game back on the Justice. That game was hard as hell. My God, that was a hard game. Uh, I had intended. To, to download a game this morning, but I I, I never got around to it. I was busy at, at the gig I was working today. <laughs> I worked 10 hours today. Hooray, money. Uh, bye. Goodbye, sleep. Goodbye, sanity. Eh, whatever. But, no, as I, I'm, the, the point I should get back to is, yeah, this could potentially be a humongous change for retro gaming because if they can establish this model where you can take your, your classic games, put them on... These on your your touchscreen on these devices, and monetize it even better than Nintendo ever did with their Virtual Console. This is huge. Oh yeah. This like this opens things up for any company that has a, a good IP that they're sitting on, cr- and create a mobile one. But show contributor Irv says you know touch controls that might be one of the only problems 
that's where I feel like they're going to be limited. There mm. has to be a way. I mean, there's certain products out there that you can use that'll make on, it so that on our Android devices you can purchase Bluetooth um, controllers. I'm not sure yeah. how that works with them um, with iPhones, but I know on Android you can hook up a Bluetooth uh, controller. So you can hook up the PS4 controller or PS3 controller to it. Those are all Bluetooth, right? Um, if <laughs> I'm sure our friends who are really clever with computers and stuff. Uh, can probably figure. I'm sure there's some sort of app, or like especially on the Android side, since yeah. Android is a lot more open, uh, open source. You can probably go through and figure out. I'm sure someone will like. Well, I'm sure by now, as we're talking, someone has already come up with a way to hook up your your PS4 controller to your Android device and be able to use your PS4 controller, PS3 Bluetooth controllers on your phone, so See, you can. That would make it actually more worthwhile. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, on an Android device, mo- well, most definitely. Uh, now, now I'm thinking, I'm like, I still have a bunch of ta- Android tablets from my from my old job. <laughs> I, wow. can, I can go download it. If, well, if they're well, they're not that great tablets, but hey, if, if if they're compatible enough through the through the Play Store, hey, hook up one of my PS4 controllers to that sucker, bam. I I think it's a great idea. I, I, I really for Sega. It's not like they were going to be doing anything with most of these products anyways. It makes it so that there's an incentive to go and dig up old old classics, right? And it's mm-hmm. not just like Genesis. It's Master it, System. It's Dreamcast. Cast, it's uh, even Saturn. Yeah. Um, it is Sega CD. Sonic CD is one of the games. So that's wow. a, that. Uh, some of my friends who are big Sonic fans, they'd say that's one of the best ones. Well, I, I think more musically is probably one of the best ones because uh, like, like Sonic games, the, the biggest one of the biggest draws is music yeah, on those. Yeah, like yeah, because I know you you were talking about that was one issue that you had with the Genesis, um, a little plug-in device. Yeah, it's it like had the be- Genesis version of the SNES Classic, and it didn't have HDMI. Oh, yeah, and then what you were saying something about the audio was like one was like one channel audio or yeah, something. Yeah, it was one. You know, you remember the old uh, the audio video cords the mm-hmm. back in the day, the yellow, white, and red. Yellow, white, and red. It only had white and uh, yellow. It didn't have the red. It didn't have the secondary audio channel. So. All of the Sonic games, like when you play oh, Sonic, yeah, Sonic. You're, you're only hearing half of the soundtrack, and it's that, like, that is and it's good. the it's the boring half. <laughs> and honestly, like sound was actually kind of important when you're playing a Sonic game. Like hearing the audio, yeah, hearing the the, the cues of the bosses, it yeah. just. And it was part of the appeal of the game. Like I remember getting the, that Genesis system. My brother got it, mm-hmm. and we pop in Sonic, and. It, first off, it's the most beautiful thing video game-wise that I had seen up until that point. Yeah, right there. The, the speed of that game visually was the blast epic. processing. <laughs> yeah, that was epic. But the music, right when you start it. Yeah. Well, you know, you hit the Green Hill Zone and that music hits you. It's like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. Oh, so good. And, oh, I'm, 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 I'm sure I have several friends who are really big on the soundtracks for that. But yeah, it, it's really cool. I, I I think I think it's something that has potential if they can figure out. Obviously, if they can get around the touchscreen controls or figure out, you know, some of the control issues. Or I'm sure certain games will probably be okay with basic, you know, tapping controls. I'm, some of your other stuff, which requires a lot more precision, that's where you're going to run into some issues. But I think it it, it has the, you know, the big P word potential. Yeah. And I'll go over my list of uh, great games on the Master System because that was the system that, uh, that system. went. Uh, that was an underrated system. It got crushed by the NES yeah. until, the, until the Genesis came out. Yeah, but it had games like Space Harrier on it. Uh, Ninja was great. Black Belt was awesome. Uh, there was oh. a list of. Well, the irony, like I think, I think the original Mario Brothers was on the Master System. Really? Yeah, because. They were just they, they just licensed it to it. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I I don't know if like Nintendo even saw the Master System as a competitor, but it was just kind of just like, 
Yeah, I, I, I could swear. I mean, I, I'm sure I'll be proven wrong instantly in the next few minutes by someone on the Facebook Live. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure there was like a, it was a really crappy version because yeah. it, it well, wasn't, it didn't look as good as the one out on the NES. There was also, if you, uh, if you didn't put a game into it, like it, it would just go to a screen like, please put in a game. But if you did a secret button thing or a code, really, with it, there, there was, there a, was a, a hidden game on the ha! system. Like, like, I remember, like, I remember always seeing the Master System ads. Like, I remember the, the ads were very distinctive in comic books. Yeah. Because they all they had that that the that black and white grid, uh, always in the background of all the because all all the boxes had that black and white grid. It was a very, very, uh, very eighties, very distinctive design or a very dis- very distinct design choice. Yeah. All of the, all of the games had the same kind of design on the cover. On the cover, uh, like you you had your character. Put over, you know, you had the graphic of your character put over the the black and white grid yeah. in the background, and then you had the the title on the bottom, Sega Master System, and then and then it was written in that that very uh, God, what was it? I, I'm that I'm bad with fonts. Yeah. yeah, that script that that that, that oh, it's almost almost like a Times New, Ro- New Roman. Yeah. Like everyone had it had the same little, little script on on the front. It was it was very standardized. It, I guess it was supposed to be visually striking, so you you'd notice it right away. Shinobi was another great Shinobi. Game oh. That system was. Actually, visually better than the NES. It just got worked by the NES in America. Mm. Worked by right. the NES. I, was, I, I knew I could count on Kiet to, to correct me. <laughs> Mario Brothers was on the Commodore 64 and Atari, but not the Master System. I had Mario Brothers on the Commodore 64. Oh boy! So and it was it was it was really good. Actually. Oh, it was good. Oh, okay. Oh, no, uh, there was uh, there's a lot of games that when you see the ports of them on Commodore 64, like Double Dragon, for example. Uh-huh. Then when you see the port of that, actually, there's multiple ports in all of them. So, uh-huh. <laughs> but it that Mario Brothers port mm-hmm. on the on the Commodore 64 Four. was legit. It was <laughs> it looked and played really well. That is interesting. All right, but okay, I just want to touch on that real quick. All right, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, the the big thing, uh, I guess, nerd wise. Another big nerd thing that's been happening. Uh, it's a story that's been developing over the last couple of days was that, that Star Wars Han Solo film. Oh yeah, yeah, they they're 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 running. They they ran into some issues apparently. Uh, the directors, uh, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, or Chris, uh, I, I, the two guys who did Twenty One Jump Street and the Lego Movie and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. These guys are very funny. I I like the stuff that they've done. But they were summarily fired over the weekend from the Han Solo movie. Yeah, and from what and initially all sympathy went towards them just because of the the reputation that they've built over the last couple. Yeah, of years. they 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 have built up a really good reputation making really funny movies. But as as uh, everything has been unfolding, as we're ha- hearing stuff from from behind the scenes, and of course a lot of this stuff is kind of one sided. It's all coming from the the, the Lucasfilm kind of side. So I, I want to be I want to be more fair and balanced than, than Fox here. Yeah, but, we have to remember they can't talk about this. Yes, yes, that's they something they legally I've, cannot talk yeah, about this. I read, so everything is going to be weighed against. I, I, I read about that earlier today. They're, they're stuck behind. They're, they are shackled by an NDA. Yeah, like Lucas and Disney, they got these. Big ass NDAs where like I mean, they, they they cannot say anything, but a lot of stuff has been coming out from this from from the other side where uh, they did not like the direction that the movie was going. Where they were they were really pushing it more towards uh, in improv. They're trying to make it a really really funny movie, but like funny like almost mocking. Which obviously you know if you watch you know Twenty One Jump Street, that's clearly mocking like eighties TV shows and eighties or eighties movies. And, you know the Lego Movie mocking everything, yeah, uh, everything under the sun, and and clearly uh, Lucasfilm was not comfortable with this. Um, Lawrence Kasdan, who who wrote the he he came back. He was the guy who wrote the script. Uh, and I, I, 
he wrote the script for some of the original trilogy stuff, the stuff that you know, yeah. all all us uh, nerds hold near and dear. He wrote this. He came back and wrote the script for this Han Solo movie, and from what I've been reading, is like they were just kind of like they'd film a little bit of the script and they just toss it out and this. All right, let's improv this stuff. They're they're trying to improv everything, which is what yeah. they do on their on their own projects. They're they're trying to make their own Han Solo movie, not Lucasfilm's Han Solo movie. And as we were discussing in the pre-show meeting, you and I, it's like, oh no, this is this is not. They're messing with our Han Solo, the fans. Han, this is, they're, they're they're trying. Uh, I guess um, the um, the actor who's playing young Han Solo, uh, Elden Eidenreicher. I I don't have no idea how to say his name. Aaron Riker. I, I, Aaron Reich. Aaron Reich. Aaron Reich. The guy who's playing, he was saying it felt like more they're trying to turn Han Solo into Ace Ventura. Yeah. Where it was trying to be really super funny and really awkward and weird. Uh, although, and I and I think that's what brought it to the attention of the producers and oh, that's yeah. what led to it. But I, it's hard for me to really back him because apparently from what I'm also reading is that he's he needs an acting coach on set with him. At all times. Oh no! But I think that that was in response to the whole having to do like because he's he's not an improv guy. I would hope so. Yeah, he yeah. I think it was because like it was because of his concerns. Uh, a lot of it, like a lot of reports on Hollywood Report and Variety, is like it was his concerns that were brought up because oh they brought in an acting coach because he's not doing the improv right, and it's like oh wait it's because they're going this weird crazy direction with Han Solo and that's his concerns were brought up and then. Uh, the 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 script uh, the, the the scriptwriter himself Lawrence Kasdan came down in a quote unquote a crisis meeting that they had a crisis meeting <laughs> they had a crisis like it, it, it's almost literally um because a movie that that same actor was in Hail Caesar that that movie was all about then trying to make a movie with an actor who, who couldn't cut it and he was playing the same actor <laughs> and it was just like it's literally what happened in Hail Caesar was happening in real life that's just insane. Uh, spe- I mean, you would uh, you would expect that in a movie that isn't a Star Wars Lucasfilms movie. Uh, no. I mean, <laughs> maybe they should have had an acting coach on the set of the the prequels that came out. We might Good have had God. A, we might have had a better Anakin. If, if Hayden Christensen had an acting coach, maybe maybe we wouldn't hate the prequels as much as we do. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, uh, show contributor Irv, because doing that to a big corporation's movie would just slip by somehow <laughs> by just tossing out the script. You know, let's just toss the script. And like, they they had very they had very little footage of what was originally written, and they were filming all kinds of stuff. So it was kind of they were doing whatever they wanted, and they just felt oh because they had this reputation, and that, so now. Originally, all assembly was going towards them. Now, as more and more information comes out, where the crew literally cheered when they found out the directors were fired. Yeah, that uh, you better believe that crew had to have been Star Wars fans and saw the unraveling of like the thing watching that they what's happening. To you know, you got Han Solo and Lando probably being like, like uh, the, the joke I want to make. It's, it's it's like turning into an episode of Community, yeah. where instead of uh, it is it, Troy and Abed. Like Han and Han and Lando in the morning. <laughs> I, honestly, my mind went to the Family Guy, uh, mm. <laughs> Peter Griffin and uh, and Cleveland. No, Cleveland was uh, uh, oh, RGD. Uh, yeah, no, the uh, what's the 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 very 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 Jewish guy. On ow, the show. Goldman. Yeah. Ow, ow. Yeah, he he played Lando. Yeah, that's right. So, so for me, so that that's what the that's, that's what they where were, my brain went. Like these guys were literally trying to family guy us here. Yeah, it's like oh yes, uh, like, Lucasfilm has always been okay with parody, 
outside of their actual movies, but uh, to take one of their movies because a lot of one of the arguments I, I keep hearing is like, oh no, you're gonna make all the movies very much the same. Like we need we needed a weird Star Wars movie. I'm like, maybe we do need a weird Star Wars movie, but not this one. Yeah. The origin of Han Solo, because he's always just been kind of like, oh, he's this cool smuggler, and like so many Star Wars fans look up to this uh, this awesome jerk. He's a he's a freaking he's he's, he's a scoundrel. I love you. I know. <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> that if you want to do stuff, because I a lot of the 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 side projects that they've been mm-hmm. doing, like Rogue One, they're mm-hmm. made to. Fill the gaps that the original movies put out there. If you want to do something that's going to build, like, you know, make people love more of the series even more, do the origin story uh, in a funny way of Jar Jar Binks. Oh, no. You you are such a Jar Jar apologist. No, I hate Jar Jar. Oh, you hate Jar Jar. I want a reason to like him so that I can make the other movies a little better. I don't think that's possible. I know. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. You I don't need, think you can redeem Jar Jar, man. I, it, it seems impossible. Jar Jar is irredeemable. If you if you give him that kind of Ace Ventura-ish kind of feel, it might- But he's a character so racist. I know. He's so, so racist. I'm about to stare at him. His story was he was born and bred in a briar patch. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Song of the South Star? Dude, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Lucasfilm's part of Disney now, but this will be the easiest way to get Sound of the South back out. Yeah, seriously. It's starring Jar Jar Binks. Good God. <laughs> oh, God, I love where we just went. Oh, my God, I found the Briar Patch. No! <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, God. It's sad that I can do the voice so well only because I hate him so much. <laughs> It's not really that hard. You just freaking just like pinch up. Ah, I'm a stupid. <laughs> but yeah, it's just uh, it's it's very unfortunate this is happening to this movie because it, it's clearly not. I, I don't think it's going to come out on time. It, it's supposed to come out uh, what next year? Yeah, and they, and, they extended uh, production on it till September. Yeah, they were they were supposed to be done by 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 next month, but they clearly they're not going to be done. They're going to be done in September. This this poor film. I mean, I I I was I, I'm I, I'm a Han Solo fan. I grew up. Looking up to, the, to that jerk, and uh, I, I was pretty excited for that. Like, with everything that had been announced so far, like, oh, what could possibly go wrong? Apparently, a lot of things can go wrong. Damn near everything. Yeah, damn near everything. <laughs> like you're making a Han Solo movie. You're fucking up Han Solo. <laughs> How do you fuck up Han Solo? But I guess I guess the good uh, the good news, bad news, uh, depending on your point of view. You know, Ron Howard is is taking over. You know, the narr- as I like to refer to him, the narrator of Arrested Development. <laughs> That's how. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he directed you know a bunch of good movies, but hey, he, he'll always be the narrator. Damn right, of, Opie. Oh, see, uh, for you, for some people, for some people, he'll always be Opie. Some for some people, he'll be uh, Richard Richie Cunningham. Cunningham. And for me, he'll be the sarcastic narrator. Uh, for me, honestly, he's Clint Howard's brother. See, I, I am not shocked. <laughs> I, I am not shocked at that statement from you, Sam Zia. Sam, lover of all things esoteric. Of course, you're a Clint Howard fan. I, I, right. <laughs> I am not shocked that you're a Clint Howard fan, my friend. Every movie he's been in, he has been the secret underground star. Apollo 13, he was the star. <laughs> God, what was it where he, like, oh, was it was it a Water Boy or where he's like, oh, I'm in. Yes. The, where he had that funny little uh, little monologue. <laughs> it was like, I'm in Joe Montana. <laughs> 
he had a f- oh, there's a movie where he had an amazing I, monologue about I how I am not an attractive man. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, that, that one. The, he had an amazing monologue. They're like, <laughs> s- s- he stole the scene. He was ridiculous. You can't you see? You give people like me hope. <laughs> like Clint Howard, man. He's uh, he, 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 he he's the better version of Ted Raimi. <laughs> oh God. The, 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 the brother of the director who sneaks into all the movies. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, it, it's crazy, but uh, but we'll we'll see what happens. You know, we we still have uh, you know episode uh, episode eight coming out this year. Next year, you know, Star Wars. Like, yeah, because that's the that's the thing they want to do a, a a standard episode, a Skywalker, a, as they call it, a Skywalker saga episode, and then an offbeat, you know, Rogue One. Yeah, and I think that. I and mean, I was thinking possibly this could actually move the date back, but really they have enough time to get it done. It's, it, well, it, it's it, going to be over a year that they're going to have from the moment that they close production. It's coming at it, they're aiming, no, it's coming out. No, it's coming out next spring. Oh, it's next. I thought they were aiming for the next like Christmas time. Oh that's no, where they kind of space them out. No, no, this oh, is, they're fucked. Yeah, that's that, why. I, that, the, the problem that that they're going to run into is that they're, they're trying to shift from Christmas to spring because they want to hit the the anniversary for. Oh, uh, yeah, try, they're trying to hit the anniversary for the original Star Wars or something along those lines. They're fucked if they try to push. If they try to hit it at the spring, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be a summer itself, movie. The movie itself is going to. You you can tell it's going to be rushed. The, yeah, it, the, it's going to be from acting on the stuff that you see on the screen to ed- every step. Ed- editing, it's going to get rushed. Your your CG, all this stuff. That they're, they're, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I don't You're know. You're going to see old clips of Jar Jar. In there. Good God. <laughs> By God. He'll he'll be walking through one of the backgrounds. Hey, racism. <laughs> Me so bad to stereotype. <laughs> Along with Watto, oh, I want all the money. Give my big nose, I'll take all the money. The Kessel Run is just going to be a, uh, they're going to put like a new skin on the old <laughs> clip from the race in the first one. They're just going to put a skin of the Millennium Falcon my on it. is new to Gunray. Ah, and bad Asian stereotype. Ah, yes. We are trying to be inclusive, but we are very, very racist. Episode one, most racist movie, most racist movie. Seriously, just right up there, right up there, Song of the South. There you go, there you go. It's right up there. It's right up there. Birth of a all, Nation. Birth of a Nation. All, all, all the racism. The first Birth of a Nation. I mean, I, I feel like on some weird level, like George Lucas was trying to make this really inclusive movie, but instead of going inclusive, he went like stereotype. <laughs> He's like, Let, let's see if we can hit all checkpoints. <laughs> like, did we get the blacks? Yes. Get the Asians? Yep. Get the Jews? Yep. All right. We're set. <laughs> there was not one Mexican. <laughs> nah, man, we didn't. We didn't get a Mexican until episode seven, man. Yeah. To my boy, my boy, Poor Dameron. So <laughs> that's the first Mexican, <laughs> unless unless we count the contractors on Death Star two when that got blown up, because you know, you know, it's a whole bunch of Mexican contractors. Orale, they're assembling the death because to to get the to get that thing running that fast, you know they had to go to whatever the equivalent of Home Depot is in the Star Wars universe. They had to like round up as many of my peoples, and one of them had to have been sitting there saying, "Hey, don't you think this hole is a big design flaw?" 
It's a problem, man. You know, we could put some fencing over it or something. Something, you know, put a shield with anything. But according Why to Rogue One, <laughs> the guy who designed this thing really wanted it there. <laughs> Movies are turning into comic books, man. Seriously. Movies are turning into comic books. We'll just go back and fix it. <laughs> we'll just rewrite the story because that's what happened in comic books and now it's happening to movies. That shit is happening to movies now. We're going to retroactively, we're going to send Hannibal back. <laughs> Hannibal's going to freaking leave a hole <laughs> only because for, for the love of his daughter. That is why there's a hole <laughs> deep inside of the Death Star. And no one, no one will notice it. Only me and whoever I send this little chip to. Seriously, you would think the guy building that at that point would say, no, seriously, this is going to be a, this could be a problem. You know, the contractor's like, hey, you know, there's a hole here. It goes all the way down. There's a hole here that goes all the way down to the to the, the power supply. You, you it would be really bad, you know. If I drop my power tool, we'll all be dead. <laughs> <laughs> if the really precise heat <laughs> <laughs> This is why we this is why we do the show. <laughs> right here. This is why we do the show right here. When we descend into madness. <laughs> Where the Mexican contractors are trying to tell the stormtroopers, hey, man, this, this, this don't look good, man. The stormtroopers are like, do you see the guns we have here? We're going to be fine. No, but seriously, it's not, you know, you have all these guns, but it just takes one person to drop something in you here. You know, some guy with a really good aim, you know, flies right by, drops, you know, one little charge right in there. Everybody's fucked, man. I mean, seriously, he doesn't even fly by. Look, I'm standing next to it. I dropped my screwdriver in there. Move. We're all fucked. Yeah, if I get a really precise shot with this screwdriver, everything's fucked, man. <laughs> Contractors. The, the the Mexican contractors on the Death Star. Because you know stormtroopers ain't building that shit. They, they bailed out right before it all went out. They're okay, like, time to go. these guys, we're out of here. Get the, get the big Tidarian shuttle, bro. They're, they're, they're flying out and like... It's like you see the scene where, like when the Millennium Falcon and the X-Wings, the, after they bomb it, they're flying away and it explodes. After it explodes, you just see a really slow truck or a slow uh, like jet going by saying, told you so. I told him. I told him, man. You know, we could have got more work, but no. <laughs> Irv was saying your Mexican sounds like Al Pacino's Cuban. You know, I am the world's wettest Mexican. So <laughs> It's really funny. You know. Hey, man. What if you throw a steel folding chair into the Death Star? <laughs> I'm trying to... Is it sad that like my, my basis of my terrible accent is Scarface a little bit? That's okay. I, say hello to my little... No, I'll be like, say hello to my little friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's Al Pacino, Cuban. I'm doing my, my, my cousin Fulanito. <laughs> Every accent I do is a bad Italian. <laughs> and like, and it's it was funny. Mario. Yeah, no, it's funny because my cousin was saying, like, we were watching like a movie with Antonio Banderas. And then I was like trying to do an Antonio Banderas impression. And it was Mario. <laughs> I was like, hey, it's a me, Antonio Banderas. I was in that movie, Desperado. I, was, I, I did it to Salma Hayek. <laughs> I gave it to her. <laughs> So now every impression I gave that it I to do, her. Now every impression I do, it's like, hey, ask me to do Denzel Washington. Give us a Denzel Washington sound. Hey, you look at me. I'm a Denzel Washington. I was in the movie Training Day. I'm the coolest guy. Look how cool I am. <laughs> Give me anybody here. 
<laughs> Give me Vin Diesel. Hey, look at me, I'm Vin Diesel. I am a Groot. I am a Groot. <laughs> This one, eh? You cannot see me. <laughs> no. And his name is a John Messina. <laughs> My name is a John Messina. A John Messina. <laughs> I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Whoo. Podcast gold. Oh god. This is this is podcasting gold right here. We are going over just because we're being jackasses. Oh, this is great. Oh, I can't wait to put this in the can. Oh. This is amazing. Oh goodness. Oh goody, my girlfriend just joined the conversation. Hey, welcome Maria. S- Maria, you just missed You 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 came in at the best slash worst time? I wish I wish you were here about thirty seconds ago. Thirty seconds ago, you could see the amazing bad impressions that Sam was doing. And then me joining in. Because apparently my Mexican sounds like Cuban Al Pacino. <laughs> And every voiceover or every impression that I do ultimately comes it's out Italian. like Mario. It's Mario. It's a Mario. Hey, it's a me, Vin Diesel. I live my family. Let's go fast and furious. <laughs> it's a me. Hey, it's a me, Vin Diesel. I am a Groot. I am a Groot. <laughs> oh, my face hurts. <laughs> I love doing this show. Oh, God. This is why. This is why we had to come in and do it today. Yeah. Like, I, a part of me was like, I was exhausted after working ten hours. I'm like, oh, like maybe we just take the week off. I'm like, no, fuck it. No, we got we got to put one out every week. You gotta gotta, gotta throw one out. We, we we do it for the people. Yeah, we do it for the people. That, that's that's why we that's that's why we come in here. So we sneak into the the podcast studio. We we knock this out. We're obviously in a different studio. We're in a different studio every time. <laughs> yeah, but we do this for you. We do this for all of you who are watching this. Thank you for everyone who has shared the episode this week. I. Please always keep sharing. Uh, share the articles. Share all. Share constantly. Keep sharing. Expose this to more people so they can know how crazy we are. And you can share the madness. We can infect other people I with will our. Expose m- this to more people. Expo- <laughs> <laughs> little exposure. I don't want to scare everyone with the, <laughs> as D-Loke likes to call the herd of spiders I have right here. Damn. d is cold. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Maria, we're gonna go to uh, Target right now. We're yeah, yes. I I am taking Sam to Target. He's gonna go buy the things that, that you need for for little Joseph. Yes. Little little Mojo Jojo, aka Super Kami Jojo. And I'm in the middle of a rewatch of of Dragon Ball Z abridged. Those of you, please, hey, rewatch it with me. Maybe I'll do a streaming of me watching Dragon Ball Z abridged. You can just watch me laugh <laughs> as Vegeta yells out, "The fuck's a condom." <laughs> For our, our missing co-host, Pete Molini. For executive producer, Sam Zia. I am your host, Dre Cervantes. Thank you for those of you who tuned in to this special Tuesday night edition of Dre's Geek Philosophy. It's going to be going up on the iTunes and the SoundCloud. There was no Twitch. Sorry, my three Twitch viewers. We couldn't get it on the Twitch today because internet. Thank you for watching. Please share. Please like. Uh, tell your friends to like it. Tell everyone to li- like our show. Thank you. I love you. Have a good night. Peace.